Hi, I'm JR. Thank you for tuning in. The following contains adult language, content, and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Imagine the best prices in brand used furniture, home decor, clothing, even gifts for children. All available at Thelma Rose Thrift Store and Thelma Rose Treasures Thrift Boutique. With hundreds of items every day in your favorite brands and styles at unbeatable prices. From our store right to your home. Check out the website at DelmaRoseTreasuresBoutique.com. Dressers from $60, tables from $45. We even have items for children. We have everything from a pin to an anchor. Thelma Rose Thrift Store, located on Athens Highway next to Papa John's, and Thelma Rose Treasures Thrift Boutique, 1990 Main Street East, Suite F, Snellville, Crown Point Plaza, next to Mellow Mushroom. Call 678-691-4020. Pickup available and donations accepted. Thelma Rose, your community thrift brand. Hi, I'm actress and activist Shauna Chin, and you're watching Actors Masterclass with J.R. Watkins. <laughs> Shauna Chin, you have such a beautiful smile. Yes. <laughs> is, it, is this your camera smile? You know what's funny is that um, ever since I was a kid, everything, I'm always smiling. Everything's smiling. And my mother, I come to find out when I was an adult that her nickname in high school was smiley so i think i got it from her oh wow wow so you're in los angeles as i can see it's daytime behind you and it's nighttime behind me <laughs> <laughs> so so shara you you just tell me a little bit about yourself oh, we started, started. yeah man, we started tell me why did you want to become an actor like tell me about how you got to that realization as a human being of all the things you should do in life you're like yo i'm gonna become an actor you know it was actually a fluke i tell people all the time that it was a complete book up like we say in jamaica <laughs> like i absolutely had no interest in film and entertainment i actually was a very shy person do you believe that partially you believe me when i tell you that Partially, I'm not fully. Super, sh I'm super shy. I am. I'm confident because I'm smart, but when it comes to like the shine to be on me, I'm super shy. <laughs> Which is probably why I laugh a lot. It's a deflection mood. But anyway, um, I I came to California. I tell people they buy me in slavery, right? They bought me as a registered nurse to this prestigious hospital. It was, you know, everything was brand new. The floor was brand new, everything. And they were looking for critical care nurses. So my specialty in critical care, I do the ER, ICU, and surgery. So, you know, with that specialty, it's, you know, everybody is like, you know, they're ready to pay top dollar. They're ready to relocate it. They're ready to like, we need you. We want you, right? I was like, all right, no problem. I'll do that. And so I came here. It was supposed to be for 13 weeks. I was actually in med school. And my physician advisor, his, his name is Dr. Anderson. And Dr. Anderson sat me down and I said, you know, I, I want to defer for a year. And, um, you know, I'll be back. And he said, no, <laughs> 
you're not coming back. I was like, what do you mean? Of course, you know, this is my career. He said, no, women, and it's a little chauvinistic what he said, but he was like, you know, women, you know, you know, when, you know, you guys tend to take a break, you go off and you have children and, you know, you get married, you never come back. So when, you know, now that you started and you're in the program, now is the best time to just continue. I was like, no, I have been in school since I'm two. I'm tired. I want to take a break. And so I moved to LA. And while I was here, I met up with, you know, some amazing connections and being around them then got the bug started and I was at dinner one day and someone was trying to get an autograph of one of my friends and the person not wanting to be rude they said to the person oh you know like who are you are you an actor too and so my girlfriend said yes she is <laughs> that's how I became an actor <laughs> wow that's a that's a, a an unorthodox story um, especially for a Jamaican. Where are you from in Jamaica? Montego Bay. Oh, you're a Moby native. I'm a Moby girl. And it's so funny because you Kingston people say all the time, um, you call it country. And you'll say things like, oh, th there's a certain word that we say or certain words that we say that you guys always make fun of. And I can't think about what it is because every time you guys say it, you say it wrong. And I think to myself, we don't say it like that. But for whatever it is, you guys have a particular thing that you love to make fun of. It's Bende. I think it's Bende. 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 Right. I don't we don't say that. You definitely <laughs> do. <laughs> you, know, you know what I do, though, that we do say? We do say, way. Mwengo go. We do lot. But these, these, th this unique background that you have and these nuances help to, to give you an edge in Hollywood. And, and, and tell me what being in Hollywood is like as a Jamaican actor. Um, sometimes it's frustrating because you don't fit in. You know, you're not, you know, when, you, when, when I speak, persons from Jamaica will say, oh, but you don't really have a thick accent, which I think I do. But then also when I'm here, um, people think that I don't have a thick American accent. They can tell that I'm from somewhere. They're like, okay, but where are you from? So being in the middle sometimes gets a little frustrating because you just never fit. You just don't really fit in and you have to find your own niche. And so that's how I was able to, you know, succeed in, you know, being in Hollywood is a little bit interesting for any persons who are of a different demographic, because what happens is you, you, you tend to feel like you don't really fit in. You know, you're not from the American culture, the American way. So there's certain things you do that are a little odd <laughs> to Americans, the way you speak. And, but then when you're in a Jamaican setting, you don't really fit in there either because people there think, oh, you know, you've, you know, Americanized, you know, but, but, you know, so being in the middle can tend to be a little bit frustrating. But what I, I used being in the middle to do is to be able to, you know, strengthen my own voice and I was able to find my voice earlier than most just because I am from a different country because I am Jamaican I was able to succeed because you know I knew how to make standing out work for me and by succeeding you mean that you've had tv roles and movie roles right tell us about some of those what was your first role like the audition process and how did you land the role <laughs> I actually land, landed the role as a nurse. I'm looking for something because for some reason something dropped me in my ear a while ago. 
<laughs> but, but what I was going to say is um, I actually landed the role as a, as a nurse by being a nurse. And so I tell people all the time, you know, um, diversification is a thing that people think about when you're talking about stocks or when you're thinking about, you know, people who have wealth. And diversification can really just mean you using all of what you have in order to succeed. And so um, my nursing career, I didn't just completely stop. I would work, you know, a few hours. And while I was at work, I ended up meeting a casting director. While I was talking to the casting director, I would submit and then their office, you know, I was just never right for whatever they were doing. But that particular role came up and they reached out to me. They were like, you know, we're actually looking for a nurse and you'd be perfect. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I went in and the rest is history. It was on CBS and, you know, everything. I was able to land an agent, like everything just. I remember Jamaica celebrating that CBS TV show like you were Usain Bolt. Like, persons were watching, <laughs> persons were watching together. We were all rooting for you. We're saying, yeah, because that, that's the thing about Jamaica. If, if one person succeeds on the international we all level, succeed. yeah, because the, the cultural capital that comes with that. Um, do you find that being a Jamaican in, in Hollywood, there are more roles for you and i'm not double asking the question i'm asking that um because outside of your international perspective do you think they give jamaicans the roles that jamaicans should play or they'll give a, a, a an actor that's known the role and have them learn the jamaican accent hmm that's a very good question i think you know, there's opportunities for it to go both ways, but mostly it ends up that they find an actor with, who's not Jamaican and then they learn the accent. Because I find that, you know, I'm fortunate enough to also be on behind, behind the scenes in production and entertainment. And, you know, when you're casting for the role, you really want whoever is going to sell your project when you end. So if, 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 there, if there's a role that's not as, you know, a big, big enough role, then you can easier give it to an actor without a name. But I find that most times when, you know, and, uh, there are any roles of any notoriety where there's going to be a Jamaican highlighted, it's usually a pretty big role only because if you're highlighting the Jamaican, then that's a key part of the story. Either the actor is in Jamaica, you've gone to Jamaica, something happens why you'd need to have specifically a Jamaican actor. And so as a result, what happens, it, it happens, um, Winston Duke, I think is playing Marcus Garvey and Winston is from Trinidad, I believe. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people will have, you know, different discussions about that, but that, that happens because Winston is from, you know, Black Panther. He has such a huge, you know, notoriety already that be, being on the film can bring further notoriety to their project. So then, you know, you kind of, I hope that answers the question. No, you definitely answer. I saw a movie one time on Netflix that they totally massacred the Jamaican accent. And I think he's only had one season 
And I was like, yo, you could have at least two Jamaican actors in the movie because I do know that there are many Jamaican bred or Jamaican born people that are in unions that are in the movie world. So that's what I, this next question for you is, how is it maneuvering the unions to, to represent you and to, to, get, um, to get a piece of the pie that they call diversity? Because for a lot of people in America, diversity means black. It doesn't mean smaller um, nationalities and, and little subsets within black. It just means black. So how do you maneuver that? And are you championing that cause for the culture? Um, <clears throat> the unions and, and the union itself, so like example, SAG-AFTRA um, is the one for actors and that's the one I'm in. They don't actually do the representation. So they, they, they have guidelines that dictate whatever race, read or culture they have a guideline set for how much I get paid. So based on, which is why even if the project, no matter how small the role is, you want to get on a project of notoriety, which is why the CBS helped me, because then my rate that I command when I go into any room, SAG dictates, okay, you have to pay her higher than someone coming in, right? So in that sense, you know, it helps being in a union, um, and they fight for you there and they fight for your voice regardless of you know what race you are or what whatever demographic right they just all across the board fight for actor based on what you know their credits their imdb credits <clears throat> as far as for i think the question is you know like for having someone speak for you um you know the the, the agencies really are the ones who do that. And I think one of the huge things is to know that the agents, they only get paid 10% of what you make. So at this level in my career, you know, while I'm commanding more than the average, it's still not compared to Denzel. Bigger Denzel, you know what I'm saying? So what happens is 10% of my amount is not beneficial to an agent. So that's why it's so hard for people to find representation and you know agents because the agent is like, okay, I'm gonna be working twice as hard to get you into that room because nobody knows your name. And then when you do get to that room, the union is gonna say, well, this is what your rate is. And I'm gonna get 10% of what, you know? So they don't fight for you and you um you know notice more than anybody else working with you know with musicians it's like you know you get a huge contract in the u.s and sometimes your project gets shelved or they don't know what to do with you people say that all the time in the music business i hear people say all the time yeah they landed this contract but you know nobody knew what to do with artists so the artists really sat there and didn't really get as much benefit as the next artists out there you know what i mean and that happens the same with actors you know we sit on rosters for a long time with our agents not knowing what the hell to do with us you know it's like okay <laughs> how do i market this person how do i pitch this person and so it's important back to your follow-up question when you have agents who look like you think like you it's you know that's important so if you it, we don't have as many agents of Caribbean culture 
so you don't have people fighting for us on that end. And, you know, that's something I haven't put my voice to it yet, but soon enough, my soon will start loading them up. Because, <laughs> you know, there's never nothing that I've never seen a fight that I don't want to fight. You know, I'm, I, I'm Aries. I'm, um, I'm born March 25. We fight for everything. Like, literally. <laughs> and Aries will fight you for the color of the wall. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember when I was um, little, my grandmother used to always say, Shauna, you're born with a sword in your hand. Always, always want to fight for some cause. <laughs> so, so if if somebody wants to get into the, the acting world, the world of, of film, the world of theater, what advice would you give to them? My main advice would be that you have to treat it as a business. It is entertainment business. I think the one thing that actors always ask me is, you know, the delivery of acting. So they'll ask, like, how to, you know, do a fight scene or how to, how do you, you know, do a sex scene or, you know, they'll, they'll ask more technical questions about the craft. And that, I think, is a more individual and personal tone. You know what I mean? Like, you can never, you talked about Denzel earlier. Training day is one of the most, you know, done monologues, right? And people, when they do the monologue, they try to do it like Denzel. With Skype, no, that's his voice, you know? You want to do it with your own tone, your own inflictions, right? To deliver that thing to that role. It's, it's usually, they usually, people usually ask me stuff about, what my own voice is or how to do a particular technique. And I usually try to tell people my advice is actually less that and more about learning how to organize yourself as a business, creating an actual production company for yourself, creating your, yourself different than your actual name. So it just so happens that my stage name and my birth name are Shauna Chin. But you can, you know, but there is an actual legal process that I had to go through in order to make sure that Shauna Chin was my stage name. Like I set up Shauna Chin as a business. So when I get paid, even though the name is the same, there's different bank accounts. There's different, there's a whole different, you know, like you're actually dealing with a production company when you're dealing with, you know, my brand. And so that's important for persons, you know, to really kind of differentiate. You actually have to kind of sit and, you know, have a lawyer help you or Zoom, legal Zoom, help them to actually formulate you as a business so that you can practice in the world like a, in the entertainment world, like a business. I and incorporate your name. I always tell people to incorporate their name, especially when you start to make yes. a little money. Um, I learned that actually from Al Pacino years ago. He did an really? interview, an interview similar to this. And it's actually the inspiration for this podcast. There was a a show called The Actor's Studio. I don't know if you've ever watched it. With James yes, Lipton. yes, 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 yes. I've seen it. It's one of my favorite shows. And, and it's actually what inspired this. I almost called this, um, called this show The Actor's Studio. Because <laughs> <laughs> James no longer hears. I'm like, let me take this. <laughs> but the idea is to talk to people um, about the world of acting and really get into the process and, and the, the inevitable success. You said production. Are you getting into becoming a producer? Yes. So I started producing a few projects. Um, they're actually Caribbean-based. There is a studio here called Harvest, Harvest Studios. Um, and they, are, they have notoriety in the entertainment space as being, 
you know, for, 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 for black Hollywood and black content. Right. Um, so shows like Martin, shows like um, Jamie Foxx show, they have that notoriety under their belt that they were, you know, producers of that show, those productions. And so I connected with them on actually different level, but one of them happens to be Jamaican too. <laughs> no, you know, but um, <clears throat> so one of the things, and there's one Trinidadian. And so one of the things that we, you know, were, you know, discussing is like, okay, we need to have our voice. We need to have our stories told. And so, you know, we started creating, you know, different projects that we're hoping to know, you know, because they have that relationship with the networks to air, um, you know, that we're hoping to get Caribbean content to, to you know, You know, that's my language, ownership, creation, all of that. I yes. saw where, where Amazon bought MGM recently, a couple of... Oh, um, I didn't see that. Um, which is James Bond and all these movies. They buy an entire studio nice. for $9 nice. billion. Dollars. So all of these... So streaming, streaming is about to become really competitive. If you own some content and, and it's good, you're probably going to be in the good business right now because streaming is about to be the thing, That's and especially it. for niche markets. Ha, um, have you clocked on to streaming to help you um, as an actor, as a personality? Have you been using the, the sites? Have you been creating IP on YouTube, anywhere um, to you know, clock into streaming culture? That's actually why this camera. <laughs> That's actually why I got this camera. And, you know, for people who will be watching, there's a whole pre-conversation that JR and I had before about this actual camera. Technology was against me with the camera. And so, but, but yeah, that's the purpose of, you know, getting it so that we can, you know, get into, you know, streaming. Because one of the things is with, you know, a, a, which goes back to, organizing yourself as a business you know if one of the steps in organizing yourself as a business you have to know who are you marketing your business to and so you have to be able to um analyze a trend of where where is your audience and if your audience is on youtube if your audience is on netflix if your audience is no longer in amc you know you have to go where your audience is because now there's a, a Great example is Quibi. And, you know, everybody, you know, the, the creators of Quibi, which is for people who are watching, it was a streaming platform, an online content. You know, you could go on there and watch, you know, TV shows. There was actually one of my favorites was with um, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart had a TV show on there. It was really hilarious. It was funny. He's who made um, it popular. Oh, my God. It was amazing. But, Quibi is no longer, right? And so now all those, you know, people who created content specifically for that now have to go find a whole new audience. You know, I think who picked them up? Somebody started, started with an R. I saw it. I don't no, know what you're talking about. Somebody ended up picking them up. But that could have been detrimental. That would have been, you know, where's all that content going? Because they were like quick bites, which is Quibi quick bites um there's you know quick bites of content so where are you gonna show that where are you gonna air that you know yeah so that's it's, so, it's important for you to know your market 
that might be something you could get into Jamaican quick bites um, because you have the talent, you have the scope and the reach. Who's who has been the most interesting person you work with or met in in LA? <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be an actor, but if, if it's an actor, let me know. Our our director, our producer. There's so many, but I think my choice would be Gene Simmons from Kiss. You know the rock group Kiss? Yeah. I think I would say the lead singer for Kiss is probably the most interesting person I've met. Um, because Ooh, I, I, see the, I see the googly eyes. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Actually, nothing... Actually, it's just nothing, nothing intimate. It, I think it was because what my expectation of him as a person, you know, in a, you know, being a rock star, um, coming from the eighties too. You know, I grew up watching him, and I expected this bad boy kind of persona. I expected just raunchy, and he was so subdued, and he was really more quiet than I would have expected. And I think he left me with the most important thing that I have learned in my life, which is that it's okay to be selfish. I think, you know, um, I grew up in a family that's very, they're all teachers, they're all educators. And so they're very nurturing. And so I became very nurturing. Um, I, I went into a career of, you know, nursing before I even became an entertainer, which is very caring. So I, I, I'm a naturally, I, 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 I nurture more than anything else. You know, it's less selfish all the time. I'm always trying to put somebody, put myself in their shoes. And I remember talking to him about it. it I don't, the conversation was, he was telling me he was born in January. And so I laughed and I was like, oh, God, I'm a Capricorn, I can't agree. <laughs> oh, I'm a Capricorn. I we get along not, quite fine. <laughs> I do not get along with Capricorns at all because I think Capricorns are the most selfish people that I've ever met. Wow. And, you know, it's, <laughs> isn't that crazy? And so, and, and, and I think it's a different degrees because you're right. You and I get along. You're, you're not selfish at all. And it's because I think they take, they take, take, take. And I give, give, give. And so I was talking to him. He's born in January. And I was like, Jesus, I'm mercy. <laughs> I never meet that on a generous person. I'm okay. And he was like, you know, I agree that I'm selfish. But he was like, but it's okay, you know, to be selfish. And we had a whole conversation about why being selfish was, you know, important for you to be able to, you know, move yourself forward. And, you know, that was, that, that, that I would say is. That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful perspective. Um, so where are you going? Like, where do you want to take your career um, in the entertainment business, what's next for you? Um, I, you know, like I told you earlier, I'm now, you know, doing a lot of behind the scenes. So I'm writing a lot of my own projects. I am planning on directing. One of the things that I had already known from the get-go is that I wanted to make sure that I use my voice. A part of it was that I didn't want to lose my nursing degree I wanted to not completely get rid of it you know I wanted to make sure that I 
I, I use that knowledge and being a humanitarian just started naturally kind of happening. But, you know, a huge portion of the Shauna Chin brand was always to make sure that activism was something that was at the forefront. I wanted to make sure, you know, I find like when people have a voice and people think of having a voice as you have to be huge and that's no, you know, whatever influence you have, you know, if you use that for the betterment, I think we can all, you know, be in our own environment, make it a little bit better. And so I, I was very intentional to make sure that Shauna was, yes, the actor, but activism was a huge portion of my career. So what's next for me um, immediately in the next month is a lot of more politically driven things, only because we're coming up on deaths for a month for Jamaica. And so um, last December, I got elected as the Global Jamaica Diaspora Council representative for the U.S. West and Midwest region. And what the Global Jamaica Diaspora Council is, is Jamaica's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade deter determined that they wanted to have a more, a, a deepened relationship with Jamaica and Jamaica's diaspora. It's a way so that we can, you know, invest more in Jamaica, find more resources for Jamaica, as well as give intellectual property to Jamaica, you know, giving back. When I was growing up in school, because I did high school in Jamaica, and so when I was growing up, a huge part of social studies was the, you know, whole brain drain situation. You know, people, they learn and they leave Jamaica. And then what happens is then the resources are pulled from Jamaica. So Jamaica is trying to be um, intentional in trying to get that back, get, you know, or harness those resources for the betterment of Jamaica. And so this Global Jamaica Diaspora Council was created and they held elections in the US, New York and Canada and like the bigger regions. And I got elected here in California in the West region. I have 23 states that I represent. And so in sitting on this council, when we got together, there's a total of 30. And I then got elected within the group as the vice chair for the council. So I've been really kind of honing that, um, building that ambassador brand, building, you know, that portion of my career. So a lot of people, when they look at my career, they think, you know, from the actor side, but like I said, intentionally for me, a huge part of it is the, you know, political brand as well. So that's wow. what is immediately next to me. So activist Shauna is about to be president of the United States soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Actually, you... I just sat on a thing where it was a vote to make sure that, because here in um, the U.S., the highest rank you can go rank, I say rank because I used to be in the army, right? But the highest level you can go is as a governor of a state, as a um, immigrant, but you cannot be president. So that's for sure. You ask about what, what are the things that I'm fighting for? I'm fighting to make sure that <laughs> that does change. Like, okay, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was um, pretty much at the forefront. He was the face of trying to make you be able to run for presidency as an immigrant. So I'm going to pick up where he left off for sure. <laughs> you had to fight for your name because somebody tried to hijack your name in Jamaica. Tell me briefly, you don't have to get into details, but tell me how did that go and how did you end up getting back your name? 
<laughs> or or um, did you lose it? Let me, my bad. Did you lose your name? And, and, and tell me the process of it. <laughs> I, I was able to get my name back. Uh, well, well in, in terms of um, getting your name back, kind of sounds a little bit vague. But I was able to um, successfully have the other person stop using the name. So that was good. Um, and it goes back to what I was telling, you know, um, people, my advice for persons is to make sure that you set up yourself as a business. So that is the only thing that saved me because I was incorporated as a business. And so then when someone unintentionally, I don't think there was anything nefarious or anything, you know, that they intentionally said, oh, I'm going to use, take this girl's name. I don't, I don't even think that was even, they were even thinking. <laughs> about me at a time you know what i'm saying my style is not to disrespect anybody else's brand i don't don't play no matter how raunchy a brand is i don't think because you're raunchy it's anything less you know what i mean and i think when the fight for the name was happening a lot of people thought oh she well actually nice <laughs> and it really had nothing to do with that you know what i'm saying i ripped down so hard so it has nothing really to do with you know any downplay of any you know person it really just had to do with the fact that where i'm going with my brand you know the united nations is what's in my five-year goal in my 10-year goal do you know what i'm saying so i just operate in a space that i cannot afford raunchiness you know what i mean i already do some raunchy things as an actor you know what i mean i do hot sex scenes i do you know at one point, I, I think <laughs> In 2012, I had this Check Your Boobs um, campaign. It was a breast cancer campaign. My girlfriend died of breast cancer, and I did a breast cancer campaign. And it was, you know, it, it was pretty raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to scour. For the cause, for the cause, for the cause, for the cause. <laughs> it was for the cause. It was for the cause. It was for the cause. But, um, you Even said that <clears throat> yeah. I tried to kind of scale back and make sure it wasn't when I started going into, you know, my activism started getting a lot, you know, stronger. You know, I was at the consulate of Jamaica in Los Angeles. Like I, there were so many things, you know, that I just could not afford even for things that were in my past and I was doing for it to overshadow that and put me in a category where it's like, okay, how are you going to represent a brand and you bat out the door. The other person who was, you know, unintentionally using my, you know, the name Shauna Chin is just a raunchy brand. You know, that's the hype and that was the that was the root of their brand, which is fine, like I said. It just goes against what I was trying to do. And so immediately, you know, I had to get my lawyers to say, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not going to clean up my crap and have to deal with your shit too. <laughs> That's just not. Who are you listening to? You, the say, whole ago. You, you say you listen to dancehall, you rap dancehall a lot. Who are you listening to now? Like, oh my God, Tommy Lee, earful. I'm a man. I'm telling you right now. Give me so a tune. Give, give me Tommy Lee's favorite song that you love. You know what? Okay, so interestingly enough, Hero is my favorite. It's a, do you know that one? It's kind of, I, 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 don't I don't know the name of his songs. I just because I can't even hear what he's saying. I just yeah, kabaka, kabaka, blah, 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 blah. like I really <laughs> don't know what he's saying. <laughs> he's one of the artists I really don't know what he's saying. It's probably because I come from Mobe. I hear we talk funny, so I understand. There you what go. He says. <laughs> That's probably it. But I love 
Tamili. I love massacre. I've, I've never met Tamili, I should say. So as much as I say I'm a man, you know, I, well, I, I want to make sure. It's much easier to meet him now. Understand. It's much easier to meet him now. He has one address. Listen, He's going to be there. Listen, it's not going to be for long. It's not going to be for long. So don't even hype for me right now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. You can, you can find him. <laughs> so touch the road. So touch the road. And, and, and you know what? Cartel is also. Well, Cartel is my boss. So it's so very interesting that they're both incarcerated now. Um, but it goes to show you the level of, you know, people wouldn't think that I, you know, I'm into certain things, but yeah, I love Kaitel and Tamali. Massacre, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shana, we're going to end there with your top three <laughs> dancehall artists who, who you secretly listen to while in the UN meetings. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was really entertaining. I learned a lot. Um, I'm sure the people who listen to it and watch it will learn a lot. Thank you so much, Shana. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. <laughs>